Well, Alex, are you uh, excited to get started? Absolutely. I mean, you know, these first few hours have been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm hanging out with my man Noctis. We got this cool car. We're on a road oh. trip. It, it's a little slow so far, but uh-huh. I just I feel like I'm getting to know this cast of characters. You said you know? the character. What what other characters are there? Oh, there's Ignis. There's uh-huh. uh, Gladio. There's uh-huh. uh, Prompto. They're just uh, various flavors of Pretty Boy, but they mm. the diverse personalities. Like I'm really kind of looking forward to seeing how they all develop. Right, right. And what are you looking for? You're in a road trip. Where are you going? Uh, we're going, I guess, away from the capital city because mm. Noctis wants a vacation. It's not. It's not really clear to me. I really, it, I think it's. Pre- I, th- I thought it was pretty clear. Uh, I'm. I've been skipping most of the cutscenes actually. Oh I just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the graphics are a little out of date. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, this game came out in 2014. 20, t- tw- t- 2010. Something like that. Mm-hmm. It was one of those, you know, previous console generation. Right. Right. And. Uh, um, it's impressive for a PS4 game, but you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, have you run into the Empire yet? Uh, I don't think so. I've just fought like these weird black wolf things. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds right. Birds are storm of buzz, and we're going to tell you about how we saved the world. Okay, so I was playing the wrong game. Uh, apparently, <laughs> the game we are playing is an MMO. <laughs> no. We have to do the intro. We have to say, we have to say, hey gamers, raise your weary heads. Heed the call to arms ringing in your heart. It's time to hang out with the storm buds. Should I? I hate how good that is. It is it's so good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. It's so good. All right. Welcome everyone. <laughs> We're the storm buds. My name's Jerome. Uh, and I'm Alex. All right. I've been playing this game for... Uh, a long time, and he's been playing this game for a sh- a short time. Uh, four weeks, five weeks. Oh, really? God, yeah. we really have taken our time getting this recorded, haven't we? <laughs> We're not going to talk about the first one. There is no first one. No, no. Okay. This is it. Yep. We start. We started off with this idea, okay, for a podcast. It's kind of like a watch rewatch TV mm-hmm. show podcast where um we. Like we kind of replay through the main story of Final Fantasy fourteen up until Endwalker, so that's a lot of content. Um, but we're gonna try and get through as much as we can. You know, I, I'm breaking up our episodes kind of the same way that New Game Plus breaks up its episodes in the main story quest. So, um, kind of we can kind of tell how many episodes there are gonna be of this podcast, and then we'll move on to do something else if we want to or not. I don't know. Shut up. We've got several hundred hours of content to get through. I think we've got material for a while. We've got material for a while, but we do uh, want to be mindful of our fellow Warriors of Light's time. <laughs> right. Sure. Okay. No No. No three-hour episodes? No three-hour episodes yet. Um, so t- tell me a little bit about your the character you've chosen to make for yourself. Yes, for sure. All right. Well, I booted up the game and I looked through all the races and I was like, yeah, okay, we got your standards. We got your humans, your elves, your children, cat boys. The, the, the dragon guys jumped out at me immediately. Cat Even boys are standard. <laughs> they are standard. They're okay. in every game. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's very common. You know, mm-hmm. just my favorite um, D&D race is cat boys. Mm-hmm. But no, the dragon guys jumped out at me, even if I think their scales look more like tree bark than actual like dragon scales. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, I rolled one of the the Aura uh, Zagreus Mezentine, because the way his horns look like looks like those little things on Zagreus's head from Hades. Yeah. So <laughs> it does look like a little laurel. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, that's cool. I actually currently am a um, I'm a male Viera. Um, I've been 
most races at this point because you get uh, an, a, a little item called the Fantasia. Um, so brief overview of my character. I started out as an Elysian. Elysian? Elysian, I think is actually how you're supposed to say it. Elf people. Elysian. Um, and then I switched into an Aura myself, but I was a lady. And the, the women Aura are very different from the men. The sexual dimorphism there is... It's the one time that this game feels like it's doing the old meme about, like, you know, how all the World of Warcraft races are, like, mm-hmm. big, bulky dudes and thinny bikini ladies. Yeah. This game mostly seems to avoid that, with the exception of the Aura. I'm not sure why the ladies are so much more petite. Yeah, that's, uh, it's it's disturbing. And the, the ladies were a little wafy for me, and I was like, this isn't who my character is, right? How I feel? I don't know. So I switched to Lalafell for a meme, and then I changed my name at that point to Dr. Pepper. Um, that was a good joke for about two weeks. And then I switched to a Huron, a mid, uh, no Highlander. Oh God. I almost said I was a Midlander. Oh, a Midlander. Oh, heaven forbid. God. No, I was a Highlander. Uh, she was great. I was a Highlander for until Endwalker came out and then I swapped to Bunny Boy and I don't think I want to swap back because so, I love him. So when you roll a Highlander, do you have to go out and like murder the other player who was the previous Highlander? Yes, I do. Okay. I do. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was, um, kind of like nice to let that throne go like it was mm-hmm. sort of a lot to just be king of the hill mm-hmm. for for three and in some years three and a half years maybe um it's hard to be the one it was it is hard to be the one no one ever talks about that Mm-mm. no one it's ever like, talks about like they always want to be the one but they don't really know they think immortality is incredible you get the really cool sword but the sword is heavy i can't wait to die now I, th- that's gonna be cool like i can live life knowing that i'm gonna die someday and mm-hmm. uh, enjoy that. You, you truly, you have shed the curse of immortality. Yeah, you have you re- regained touch with your humanity or your verity. V- w- w- wait, who? Are yeah, you I was about to say I've also got bunny ears too, mm-hmm. so that's cool. Yeah, and then for my class, actually, so I ended up rolling into the gladiator route because although I normally gravitate towards, well, okay, I should say actually here first off, I have like no experience with MMOs whatsoever. I've played a dozen hours of World of Warcraft in like two thousand nine. I've put a couple dozen hours each into Guild Wars 2 and Star Trek Online, but I've really never actually put time into an MMO before. So I'm familiar with a lot of concepts like Mm. raiding, like dungeons, like the DPS tank healer dynamic, but I don't really have a ton of experience with it. In other sorts of action RPGs, I tend to go more for like DPS type roles because I mean, who doesn't like basically nuking out damage constantly? So I decided to roll a tank this time to try and push myself a little bit and like engage with a different play pattern. And so far it's been it's been pretty fun. I'm getting the hang of sort of managing enemy attention and managing priority and stuff. That's good. Um tanking in this game is quite until a very high level, quite simple, um which is nice because um you always need people to it's one of those roles that is just in need um and not because it's not fun, but just because there's really only so much space in which you can really design like a tank and not everyone wants to be that like burly strong figure but um in this game they've really pushed the limit about what constitutes a tank and like um i think they've come out with some really interesting tank classes over the expansion so i'm excited for you to kind of keep growing and decide what classes best for you but ultimately all the classes are really just different flavors of dpsing <laughs> like <laughs> if you're if you're playing your job right at a mm-hmm. high level you are putting out as much damage as possible and doing and like sitting there like if you're playing a white mage and you're sitting there 
spamming cure one, you're doing it wrong, right? And that's very different. I've played um, a lot of MMOs. I played World of Warcraft at a high level from about Burning Crusade to Cataclysm, which is about to say from about 2008 to about 2010, maybe, maybe 2011. Um, like I was a high-end raider there and then I stopped, um, tried to come back for Warlords of Draenor, but Heavensward was also out and I tried that game and I was like, oh, this is like a good game for me <laughs> that I like uh, that has like, a, I don't know, this is something new that I want to do and, and, and it just stuck with me. Um, we'll get to the points at which when we talk about the story that kind of really gripped me and made me realize that like, oh, this is a, a really nice change of pace for me. And in those games, I played a healer, uh, most of the time and when you're healing in world of warcraft back in the day wasn't necessarily about doing damage as much as it was about like managing your mana while healing and then trying to get i mean some damage in on your parts like there are parts but yeah like you're not if you're if you're there's kind of this meme actually where um healers get this reputation especially ones that don't do damage that just only sit cure and then sit there um, they will um, often retort when helpfully pointed out that, hey, you can use your downtime to do damage, uh, that, that you don't pay my sub. You know, you don't pay my subscription, therefore you can't tell me what to do. And it's like, I mean, yeah, you're right. I don't, but also you're you're bad. And Final Fantasy does a good job of like making it so that most support classes are really interesting and engaging, um, or at least that there are enough options for you. Um, if you get bored of one, you can switch to another one pretty easily I, I definitely like the class switching system and like the job stuff i've gone down the initial routes of like three or four other possible oh. classes like but like just in terms of like the initial quests and stuff just to like familiarize myself with some of like how their play patterns go and while i'm definitely glad to stick to the tank so far it is nice knowing that like at some point down the line if i need to i can just be like what if i picked up a wand instead Right, but that, that I think that really was the biggest selling point mm-hmm. was the class system itself. It was the core gameplay, just the um, not just knowing that I'm not committed to being a shaman for the next mm-hmm. entire um, six months or whatever how long the the raid content is, and then like if I decide to switch, it's not an, another additional month of work to get my character up. Well, that makes a lot of sense as a selling point because uh, it's not the story so far. I I, oh I believe God. you that it gets better later, but <laughs> it's um oh boy we're gonna have a lot to talk about if it's next we few do yeah so why don't we get into it um I started my new game plus um and I want to document kind of the experience of going through new game plus six or so years after the fact um and so the first thing I want to I think everyone needs to know about starting Final Fantasy fourteen. A Realm Reborn is that the voice acting is temporary. The voice acting in A Realm Reborn um, is full of really, really well-established voice actors and like really good professionals and just nothing gels at the start. Like Gideon Emery is in this game. Like uh, Ball Theer and half of the cast of World of Warcraft is in this game. (laughs) And it just, it sounds, it sounds so stiff. They're not being given a lot to do. Um, that too, but like there's um, even the exposition later on is is a lot for me, a lot more engaging. Um, and maybe it's because of my investment, but whatever. Um, just I hate, I really 
like wanted to go into this with not with the mentality that like just just wait till heaven's word because that's such a meme uh, it's such a meme to be like just wait until the next expansion because like a realm reborn is so important and it's so much world building and like coming back and playing through it like I, there's all these details that i see that i notice that i'm like oh this is this is going to come into play later this is actually really important um so there's a lot of stuff that is going to probably escape you because ultimately it, 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 i don't want to listen to this i know i don't want to mm-hmm. listen to the twins right now um yeah fuck those twins i would die for them okay. i would die for the twins <laughs> I would actually die for okay. the twins. Okay, well, we'll see where they go then. Oh, my God. Everyone. I, I, I don't know if everyone would, but I would die for the twins. No, but the thing you're describing is also part of why I'm not doing every side quest I come across, but I'm trying to do a healthy portion of them. Yeah. I'm not just mainlining through the main story quest exclusively because I do want to get additional world flavor. I do want to, like, talk to this fisherman and discover that, you know, oh, he's uh, he's being um, blocked out by, like, these big, like, industrial trawlers that are coming through to, like, yes. scoop all the fish up. And it's like, ah, I see. Yeah. One of the themes of this game is the encroaching modernity. That's true. And the overall idea behind a realm reborn is that this is a new world for it's not actually a new world but it is like it's a it's a it's a sandbox to play in and like just take it in and enjoy that the narrative will come later um but like there's a lot to enjoy about the forest and the music and the aesthetic mm-hmm. of this game and the um very pretty game for an mmo like yes, compared absolutely. to what i'm used to for mmos this game looks yeah it's quite been good. it's been like updated too um and like it used to be able to run on a ps3 and that's not the case anymore so i want to talk about a specific cutscene, the first one with the uh mother crystal oh, um yeah. we, again I, did, I don't think i actually finished this thought i started in gridani you started in uldah Ulda. so episode one um there's not going to be a whole lot of like us talking about the cutscenes we watched because there's just like the different. And he's t- he spoke with Thancred and I spoke with Papalima. And uh, was, uh, I'm also I'm going to be honest. I don't totally follow the cutscenes. There's a big crystal. There's a lady talking right. at me. It's, there's an Organization Thirteen dude who gives me some sick armor. And then like on my route, the opening to Skyrim happens, and I'm just uh-huh. on a cart being wheeled into town. <laughs> it's um, it's it's it is a little disorienting. Yeah. Uh, but I want to talk about that first cutscene because I think it was cool. That was a very quintessentially like uh, Final Fantasy thing that I feel like they had to do. You know, you have to have that big crystal and then you have the other adventurers flying around like gods or whatever. That's shooting stars, I guess. Um, there's a lot of uh, c- this series is a lot of cosmology and there's a lot of um, things like that. So uh, it was um, inter- it was really nice to see that first kind of cutscene. it made me feel really good to come back to to watch it to like make me feel like oh i'm starting over this game again because it, it, it's such a ride is that one of those things that's going to have like more context down the road as well like just watching it now are you like ah yes i sort of see how this ties into like where the where the game is going i mean no like the game is always there like it was always this sort of fun um floaty like mm-hmm crystally crystalline uh, pristine ethereal sort of story that um eventually really blossoms into like it just kind of goes from there like it felt like they mm-hmm. took the final fan they've taken the final fantasy image and for a realm reborn they've put a world into it they've done what people wanted and they wanted to make a character that could be any job like in final fantasy 5 or something and just 
put a party of four together like in final fantasy five and go to your dungeon and like do the thing do the final fantasy thing so um personally i while i feel that they really did their best to make a story that comes together or at least that like is there and comprehensible in the end given its competition it succeeds um given its context i think it still will succeed because i was still hooked after um the level 15 cutscene at the end of episode one like i was still like invested in it and yeah the the leader of gridania kane senna she speaks like a robot but like for me as a longtime fan of the franchise it was still nice to hear that my character was special even though i knew that everyone's character was special like Mm -hmm that's where this game is going and that's what i needed at that time i needed to be part of like a i wanted to have the freedom to move around in an actual world like that but still be part of a story and i wanted to be able to move around the world with people where i could like make friends and things like that so it's not just like a a normal open world game there's like a population and a community Mm -hmm. and also i just really wanted to get a house wanted to get on that property ladder and um i'm glad i did now my god the crisis the mm-hmm. housing crisis now is horrific if you're playing final fantasy 14 you know what i'm talking about what did like the orzy and zillow just like buy up all the properties i think they i, I think it just ran out of pro- yeah we ran out i think the 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 zillow on our server um is a just a free company that like has a bunch of people with houses or something i don't know how they do it but i remember when a friend of mine played he mentioned that it was jarring that some of the cutscenes were voiced and some were not oh see I- i'm used to that like yeah me too this will be a recurring theme for me but like i've played so many yakuza games and other things at this point oh i, I get it like you okay. get you put the voice acting in the premium cutscene, yeah, and yeah. then you everyone else just gives you little text boxes uh-huh there's uh, also some 1.0 stuff. So if you don't know at this point, A Realm Reborn is also is called 2.0. Mm-hmm. 1.0 came out in 2010 and it was a hot disaster. Um, there's a, all these documentaries about how 1.0 sucked uh, miserably and why it did and how Yoshi P, the producer and team came in to work their absolute ass off to the bone um, to, to make 2.0 as good as it is. Mm-hmm. Um but people, the people speak very highly about that dude yeah. i'm excited to get more towards the content that i uh-huh. think he is more hands-on with he's been hands-on with this all this thing like re- but remember he had to redo the whole freaking system and graphics engine and everything mm-hmm. he had to like tone down the intensity of the graphics system so that he could put game in <laughs> um so but the story is still very tell not show like and um a lot of a lot of little interactions that would be so easy to animate for the team today just get like blacked out by a Mm -hmm. a a fade to a fade to black i guess um and it does feel i mean a realm reborn feels a lot cheaper than endwalker obviously really and no actually that's good to know i that's not obvious to me like i like i'm seeing everything in engine in this game and so Uh my assumption was kind of like okay this is the engine they've got these are sort of like the rigging tools they have to make these characters do things in cutscenes. when people are talking about the writing being really good i assume they're talking about you know the copy in the boxes getting better but i sort of have been assuming the production value of the game is going to be pretty flat no no the production value goes so up so up and but yeah i also mean a lot of the storytelling my my favorite slash least favorite slash favorite trope again is the i'm sure it's nothing trope that happens a lot you mentioned Mm -hmm. the organization 13 like they were in the background and then your character turns around and they're like what what was that 
okay. And like, <laughs> my character's a bit of a dope. Yeah, we're very. It's very vacant. Very vacant. Like, huh? Okay. Yeah. Nod. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Point to self. Okay. Um, but it. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how we'll see how that that's very slowly, the character kind of comes to life. Your own character. Also, but yeah, also Papalimo does it a lot. He'll like mumble to himself. And his cohort, Ida, she does lampshade it a bit. She's like, why do you always mumble to yourself? It's something so important and you never tell me. And she's like, and he's like, I'll tell you later. And it's like, shut up. But like almost, right? Like, why don't you just not do that? Why don't you just like show us Papalimo like seeing us and thinking and not being like, hmm, I wonder if he has, this person has this special power that they obviously have. Because you know, it's quirky. Because it's... it's <laughs> they needed to pad the game. But whatever. So should we talk about what actually happens? God, I don't... I, like, what happens, the, the, what happens for us is very different. I guess a, a high-level overview of what happens in Gridania for me was that we had to... The, the Organization 13 member was there unnamed man thing and <laughs> that's his name <laughs> why did I call him that <laughs> and, and uh, you, you you stop him and then there's a festival about that and then your crystal of light glows and the leader is like oh you're special you should go talk to this gr- group of wayward people right mm-hmm. yeah it's basically what happened and you I'm, had a refugee I'm, crisis thing to deal with instead I, I think so um I'm trying to remember, like, the first early quests are a bit blurry at this point. I know where my first section ends up. It ends up with me basically helping the Sultanate out and, like, recovering her crown and then tending a feast oh. and stuff. Um, prior to that, I think I just sort of am running around doing, like, errands for people. And at, at one point, I do meet Thancred. I meet Thancred out in the world because the Organization 13 dude again attacks me with, like, a demon or something, and I fight it off. Yeah. But... It's the, basically the same thing. Like we mm-hmm. just whatever we do an errand, we do errands for the city state, and then they're like, "All right, cool." Um, yeah. In my case, they're very much like you have to get out there. Like you have to save the economy. We are our economy's in shambles. This dragon in a meteor struck the earth a few years ago and turned everything into a wasteland. Which I'm starting in a desert, so it already looks kind of like a wasteland. Mm-hmm. I'm not really. Yeah. I'm not seeing the difference that much, but everyone's very confident in telling me that I have to get out there and put my life on the line in order to get the gold flowing again. You do have to put your life on the line. You might die. I might die. Um, So episode one covers until everything except the actual dungeons. So Mm -hmm. why don't we just... God, I guess some other notes I have here about the story is that like there's... um, there's a lady in the the, the adventurous guild in Gridania who's like who's Mother Meun. Um, you have Mamodi Modi, but mine's Mother Meun, and she like one note line like that was just like so eye roll, but so kind of funny was when she was like, "Next, you're gonna be telling me you're a warrior of light. <laughs> Wouldn't that be just a kick in the ass? I don't know what she actually says, but it's just like." whoa really like it's a little heavy-handed right it's a little bit of like it's a dramatic irony mm-hmm. or it's one of those ironies it's it's i don't know this the storytelling it's heavy-handed right now um but like we could it's still fun it's still fun and it's still about us mm-hmm. we're still involved and it's yeah like, that's cool i'm looking through my notes now i'm seeing some more of what i had to do i had to go out and save this noble woman that's when i meet thancred oh. i gotta help the brass blades because you know we gotta help the cops mm-hmm. uh th- th- this one very naive brass blade. Uh, okay. Okay. That's right. Yeah. So what happens is 
the sul- the sultana's tiara or crown or whatever gets stolen and held for ransom and the like the nicest sweetest brass blade boy is like it's my responsibility i'm the one who lost it i have to get out there and get it back and so i accompany him out to to where he meets up with the the ransomers and and like as soon as they like threaten to like to not give it back if he doesn't meet their demands dude just folds like a like a wet piece of paper like dude it's hilarious how much he does not actually manage to negotiate with them whatsoever nice <laughs> So then I just jump in there and some fighting happens and I kill them. And then maybe another, I'm losing track of all of the story fights in which for one reason or another, I am fighting what appear to be just some normal people. And then for some reason, a weird black demon gets summoned and I have to kill it instead. There's been like three or four of those at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that becomes more clear, Mm -hmm. but um, for now, just sort of kind of try and do your best to take it in. Yeah. I'm just absorbing. I'm, I'm getting the vibes. I'm for me, for me, it's just hard for me to get past the voice acting. Like Kane Sena is an actual robot. Yellow serpents require our succor. Pray. Send the warriors of light to their aid. General. Please. It's like, God, spit it out. Spit, <laughs> spit it out, woman. <laughs> God. Well, it, and and again, it's like okay. Again, I am like thirty levels in at this point. By the time we're recording this, Ooh. obviously, you know, I still is just a ton of story stuff ahead to see and everything. But these characters are not getting a ton of characterization yet. They're getting yeah, yeah. quirks. They're getting sort of vocal ticks. Mm-hmm. But I'm not getting a sense of like, what do they think about the world? What do they want? What drives them? I'm Elfino. <laughs> And you are, you'll see, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna be the right one. Yeah, I'm Alice, no, there is, oh, wait, that's next episode, that's next episode, I'm blending my episodes. But the teaser for next episode, I'm gonna be impersonating the twins. The teaser for next episode, I'm going to get very angry. <laughs> <laughs> Not at Jerome, just at the content of that episode. <laughs> oh yeah, you did, you did mention that. Um... Well, uh, I guess another another thing I kind of wanted to um, touch on or a fun little segment we can do is a segment just called Called Shots mm-hmm. where um, Alex makes a couple of called shots and I sit here and I say, say, oh, very interesting. And I do my best poker face and we'll see if he's right. We'll see if he's right on these called shots. I remember you had couple you want to mention what's your first call shot alex well so i had a couple before i do that i should preface it by talking a bit about like the stuff that's most interesting to me so far is everything around the garlean empire and like what their Mm -hmm. deal is why they're doing what they're doing why conquering this continent is even worth it to them like like throughout this we're not going to go cutscene by cutscene but we've gotten you know the hints that they're going through a succession crisis that maybe like they're starting to look back at eorzea as a way to sort of like to to um to legitimize or to 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 solve that succession crisis maybe it's going to be a um my, my first called shot is interior to the garland garlean power structure is the fight for eorzea going to end up being a thing people are struggling over in order to try and claim the crown basically like is that going to be how they figure out who the next leader is going to be is whoever manages to to take the stupid continent is the eorzea invasion thing or whatever really a succession bid and then my second more right. mystical Final Fantasy prediction is Ooh. actually, uh, is it Bahamut is the dragon in the meteor? Y- yes. Yes. Is To what extent has he been sort of manipulating or like 
controlling events from behind the scenes even before he was called down from the heavens like to what extent was he up there in the moon moving his little pawns around mm. like the, the gods on olympus he is bahamut pulling the strings mm-hmm. was so, or is yeah. um i'm gonna go with I'm going to go with is, although I think was would be much cooler. I think it'd be very funny if he just had this whole plan and then uh, actually being crashed into the planet just killed him by accident. And (laughs) (laughs) that would be very cool, but I don't think they're doing that. So if he's playing any kind of part, it's probably current. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Okay. Okay, cool. Um, That's a, that's fun for us. It's fun for us. Very interesting. Wow. Very interesting thoughts. Thank you. Boy, I think we've just about covered it uh, for episode one here. It's um, There's a lot of fun side content we haven't touched on yet. Uh, there's a lot of unlocking to do still for us. So um, bear I'm with wor- us as we... Shut up. Don't interrupt me. Bear with us as we... <laughs> bear with us as we kind of, uh, you know, give Alex the space to explore and figure out what he wants to do. Because I'm not going to, like, tell him to do anything in specific i just kind of want to be here and observe and like go through my own experience with the story and just sort of be a soundboard for him um so next episode we're going to talk about um the chapter two of the uh, realm reborn main story quest pre patch content right the the, the main chunk mm-hmm. of it um it gets us from our first set of dungeons all the way through to when we're going to first make content with the sylph yes the uh so the sylph land so if you remember that stuff um we're getting uh, i i think i i like i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to the rest of this journey and i hope you are also if you're listening looking forward to kind of vicariously living through uh final fantasy 14 through both the eyes of a veteran and a newbie um i gotta say this up top because mm-hmm. i don't want people to yell at me on the internet later i am having fun with this game i'm enjoying it keep that in mind as you listen to the next few episodes how many how many comments do you think we're gonna get i'm thinking like three i, I think we're gonna get uh, yeah i think you know what no you're right i'm gonna will us to get six thousand reviews and they're all gonna say god what a spoil sport and we said up top it's 35 minutes into the podcast it is not up top <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I mean, up top with the series, up top. Yeah, with the- yeah, 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 yeah. But still, uh, we're having a blast here. Um, join us next week as we continue to uh, go through the main story quest. Do you have any parting? Do you have any parting thoughts? You know what? I'm not going to cut that out at all. I'm just going to keep on that. I do have one last question for you. Yeah. How many handkerchiefs would you say you go through in a year? Twelve. You, uh, you go through 12? Well, it's good because, I mean, I go through probably 20 or 30, quite frankly. Mm. But I do need to point out this episode is sponsored by Panky. Panky um, is a service that will send you a new hanky. That's a new handkerchief for you kids out there every month in the mail. And it's the good shit that's also. Perfect. It's not the cheap kind you just find it, like, you know, at the grocery store. It's a 300-count handkerchief delivered uh, in a variety of stylish colors and patterns. You get a new one every 30 days. It's a, it's a really reasonable <laughs> service. <laughs> and if you go to hanky.com slash stormbuds, you can get 15% off your first order. Don't. That's exactly how many handkerchiefs I go through once a month. Why, why, why would you do the ad read at the end of an episode? They don't have to watch it anymore. <laughs> I've already said this over. <laughs> I didn't remember to do it earlier. <laughs> You're such a doofus. <laughs> until, uh, <laughs> all right, until next week, uh, Star of Blood, Born of Blood, 
Uh, we've been the storm bl- storm buds. No, I I fucked it up. <laughs> you fucked it all up. Bye.